Welcome to another podcast of the Adelaide Entrepreneur Club. Um, and today we have a, an amazing guest all the way from Spokane in Washington. Never heard of Spokane before, but uh, <laughs> it's good to have uh, Mayan here from Spokane, Washington. So we have Mayan Gordon today. Uh, we met uh, Mayan on day 248 of our journey of meeting someone every day. And we're very amazed about her story. And we're just so uh, pleased to have her today to come back and uh, share a, a, her story about uh, where she's come from um, and where she's going. But just to give you a brief introduction so that you got a bit of a background about Mayan. Um, Mayan's a gas explosion survivor from homeless to homeowner, business owner, TikTok famous influencer, podcast host and world traveler. Mayan's life has been an incredible journey from college dropout to accomplished entrepreneur. Most recently, Mayan has found huge success on TikTok and LinkedIn, growing her TikTok following to more than 2 million followers and LinkedIn to more than 25,000 in less than a year. Very impressive. So uh, thank you very much, Mayan, for being here today. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Sure. We're excited to hear from you. <laughs> um, yeah, we'd just really like to just start this, um, Mayan, by just talking about, about your story, like... Uh, you know, where you started out, where you came from, and how you got to this, this point in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you know, if you go way, way back, just to give a little background context on my, my early years, I grew up um, in a pretty standard household, you know, mother and father, um, both working. Uh, my mother is a PhD scientist at the University of Washington. My father is a PhD midwife. So he's in midwifery, which was always a really kind of different thing. No one had ever heard growing up of a male midwife before um, as I was a kid. And so that was a kind of unique thing to tell people about my parents. But household very centered around education, um, you know, math, really important, science, really important. And that was kind of my world. I would say it was, um, you know, school and basketball. So I played basketball all growing up from middle school through high school. And then kind of the one year in college when I was in college before I dropped out. And it wasn't until I got to college that I really started to understand there was this whole big world outside of just education. Um, you know, grew up through the changes of the internet. So people, you know, from when they got snake on flip phones and people freaked out and wanted to play snake up through, you know, in, um, aim instant messenger up through the MySpace period and kind of all these evolutions of, social media as we now know it, um, were right in that time as I was growing up as, you know, an adolescent and a teenager and then a, a young adult. So didn't really see social media as something to be used in a business sense until I started my first business. So after college, dropped out to do copywriting full time, did that for a year and a half till we were in that gas explosion, which threw our life into disarray. That's what um, pushed us to be homeless for a period of time. But in that homeless period, we started up our first business. It was a smoking accessories business where we sold a product called Diffuser Beads, which we made up the name for um, and sold B2B to smoke shops, sold B2C direct to consumer, um, both through our own website and Amazon, but then also driving most of the traffic and interest for those things through our Instagram page. And that was really successful for us. Um, we did more than 100,000 in the first year. I think the second year we did around 200,000 in sales but then got really burnt out as it was scaling up because we were putting all the labels on jars, filling all the jars with beads. And it was just very tedious, kind of boring work for us. So I switched at that point to graphic design and that led into a sticker 
printing and t-shirt business because that's just where the market need that I discovered was. And that again was pretty successful, but ended up being a lot of work as well when you're picking out all the pieces of vinyl that don't need to be pressed into the shirt and you know cutting thousands of stickers, um, which we were doing by hand with one of those paper slicers that you can get from Home Depot. Um, so then I had the opportunity to get into glass blowing because a lot of our sticker customers were glass blowers. That's just kind of a, a market niche that we found that there was a need for and we were able to build up good referrals within that community. And so I took a lesson one day, kind of fell in love with it creatively and thought it would be a lot more fun to do than the stickers, saw an opportunity for selling in the market through Instagram, which we had been growing since the time of our diffuser bead days and just switched over um, as we switched businesses and kind of evolved. And, and, you know, brought most of our followers with us. We always would lose some amount of people who were like, ah, I just signed up because you guys used to post this type of content. But mostly people were really interested in me and my journey and what was happening and like, what were we doing? Because um, we live this kind of crazy life of, you know, adventure and have four dogs and all these kind of interesting things. So that evolved into a pretty successful glassblowing business. Um, in the five years that I've been running that, I've done more than a million in sales through Instagram. And then as our sales actually declined in our fourth year, that's when I started looking at other platforms. That's what pushed me onto TikTok, um, really just to see if I could grow audience, not necessarily in relation to sales. I just was, you know, tired of posting things on Instagram and getting no growth at the point where, where we were compared to the previous four years where it was very steady growth. And so, you know, within two weeks on TikTok, um, things exploded very quickly and I started getting hundreds of thousands of followers within a, a few short months and a lot of my focus kind of shifted to that um, and a month after I hopped on TikTok, I hopped on, hopped on LinkedIn, started sharing my insights in a completely different context around business, around what was going on on TikTok, how it could be used for business and no one was really talking about how TikTok could be used for business at the time because everyone was you know, dancing or some other type of entertainment-based content creator. And I was coming from the business owner background and really looking at it through that lens and just sharing some insights around that. Um, so I was able to build up a big following and audience and, and garner a lot of attention through LinkedIn. Um, and then from that started doing consulting um, that grew into really a whole social media agency where we're now doing content creation and distribution for different brands and businesses. Um, and then I met my newest business partner, his name's Jesse, and we've been forming something called Champion Empire, where actually my my onboarding media consulting social media agency business is just one arm of that company. We're going to have an influencer arm. We're going to have a strategic partners arm. We're going to have a, a coaching um, and consultation arm and kind of building out all the infrastructure around that for the past uh, six months or so. Cool. That sounds very exciting. <laughs> it is. It's, it is very exciting because, you know, what happens is we come up against walls and problems. Um, and that always feels either a little frustrating or a little like stagnant. But then we get together and we go through these um, leadership meetings and these marketing meetings. And we come up with these awesome solutions and get very excited and, you know, really map out how to test them, how to get feedback, how to see if they're really good ideas. And it's just a, a really fun and exciting process. Yeah. So where do you see all that? Um, what, where do you see the future going for yourself from where, you, where you're at at the moment? Yeah, so um, long-term future or short-term future? Because we kind of have 
pictures centered around maybe like a three to five year vision, but then also have been working um, pretty hard on our, you know, 50 year, 100 year vision of what this like really, really looks like in the future. So, so when you talk about a 50, 100 year vision, you're, you're talking about what you're going to be able to leave behind. Yeah, yeah, more or less. What can we create? And that's always been something that I've realized I need in my life to feel like my life was was worth it in terms of I didn't waste this amazing life I've been given is to create something that when I'm gone, that something good still exists and can continue to perpetuate good that I didn't just leave something that was um, leave something behind that was more ephemeral and short lived. But like afterwards, I really put planted this seed in the world that could yeah. continue to grow. It's probably a good time to, to ask you a question then that I just thought of that, um, has been asked of me, or was asked of me about uh, four or so weeks ago. And um, quite good questions always good because they make you think. But this question was along this type of line, and I had to go away and think about it. But the question was, and I'll ask, I'll ask yourself, Brian. Yes. What difference would you like to make in the world? Absolutely. So there, I think there's a couple ways to frame the answer for me to that question, and I've I've actually already thought a lot about it. Luckily. Um, so one is just very simply to create infrastructure that allows people to believe more in themselves. Um, because I think all of my success has been driven, and I really see this true for other people, that the second you start really believing you can do something is when you actually do start to accomplish doing it. Um, because how we feel in terms of our confidence, in terms of our belief in something really drives our actions. And the more enthusiastic, the more we believe in ourselves and what we're doing, the harder an action and the more action we're going to take yeah. towards that. And action is really the thing that makes anything happen. So that's one thing that I really want to do. I'd say the other way e either to phrase the same thing, or maybe it's a little bit different is to empower and equip people from all over the world to become leaders within their respective communities, whether that community is their family unit, whether it's their church, whether it's their business um, or whatever they deem to be their community. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So just going back on belief, because what you said there was just so powerful because you will, you're so right. People won't do anything or you won't move ahead with, you don't believe you can. Yeah. So, so there was, it sounds like then there was a point in your life where you transitioned from struggling with belief to getting that belief. Yeah, that's a really good insight. Um, so I think it's tied also for me, it's, it's been tied to what I, have figured out to be like my core values. So before I'd say to this, this transition and transformation really happened for me about a year and a half, two years ago, when I was in the midst of my glass blowing business, having over invested and our sales were declining. So at this point where things had been going great for three years, like way better than I expected, we were making a lot of profit, um, reinvesting it. But then no, everything stopped going as amazing as it had for those three years. Um, and, you know, being young in my head, I was like, it's going to go great forever. There's never going to be any problems anymore as you are when you're young. And it's kind of, you know, your first time building a, a business and scaling it. Um, and then things started to decline. And so I stopped thinking so much about money and started thinking more about like, what am I doing in a larger sense? Because when I was making a lot of money, it was very easy to just focus on that and go, great, we made this much money today. I made this much money this month. We have this much profit. And that's where a lot of my attention and focus had been going. Um, and then also thinking, okay, how do I make more money? 
How do I invest the money? But it was really very money centric. And then when I wasn't making as much money, I had this space where I either was forced to reflect on why am I working so hard? What am I working so hard for? Clearly it's not for the money anymore because I'm not making a lot of money. So like, why am I doing this? What is happening? Um, and that's where I was forced to really think about like, what do I believe in that is going to motivate me to continue to work this hard outside of money? Yeah. And what, what I landed on was that I really do believe people are good. Like I believe every person is born with good and wanting to do good and put good into the world. And yes, there's a portion of the population that through their like experiences and how they mentally or emotionally have dealt with those aren't as prone to just naturally doing and wanting to do good. But as long as I could identify some, some way to kind of see that or feel that, I think a lot of it, I'm very intuitive um, with people. And I realized that a lot of the bad experiences I'd had with people, whether it was partnerships or employees, that I'd always had a sense that it wasn't going to go well and that I'd just been ignoring it when I was focusing on the money. And that if I really leaned much more into focusing on value and creating value in people and understanding people and building those relationships, that the money would come. And so I just made this mental shift of, I, I know I believe in this, so I'm just going to start focusing all my energy and attention in this manner and had an amazing quick I'd say shift on that actually working and attracting at that point people into my life that literally in 10 years I'd wanted to attract but had zero success attracting even a single person of that type of relationship into my life because it hadn't been my focus and I think the truth is what you focus on is what you attract and so as soon as I started focusing on me delivering value to people I started finding people who wanted to deliver value back to me. They were the same kind of people who were thinking like I, I was thinking. Um, and from that just bloomed so many amazing, beautiful things that are literally the entire reason why I'm in the position that I am now is, wow. is because of people more than any, more than anything I did was more how I was thinking and how I was focusing and um, really wanting to spend my energy. And I'm, I'm a really big believer that everything's driven by energy. And it's one of these things that we're actually very, very primitive in terms of being able to measure. Like we have no tools to measure mm -hmm. emotional energy yep. in a room or through, through Zoom meetings. Yep. Yet it's one of the most powerful drivers of our relationships, of our decisions, of, of so many different things. And so I said, I believe in this energy thing and my ability to sense it, even though we don't have tools to measure it. So I'm going to like really focus on that and how I can use my energy to attract things, to create things. Um, and I'm going to pay attention to other people's energy and make a lot of my decisions based off that. That's awesome. Yeah. And even Napoleon Hill writes about, you know, over a hundred years ago when he first wrote, um, the books before he wrote Think and Grow Rich, you spoke about the infinite intelligence, that energy that's out there and yeah, quite yeah. a <laughs> So out of curiosity, when you went through that change um, that you spoke about when you, you know, you switched from, you know, chasing money and thinking about what it is, how long ago was that? Like what, what's the time frame of that? Yeah, that was like one and a half to two years ago. And I'd say it took about six months before that had any outcome that was financial yeah. um and 
same thing. I would say it took maybe three months before I started attracting some level of people into my life in that manner. Um, but it was, yeah, about six months until those relationships then materialized into something where I realized, oh, I have a value to offer to people in this one area that people are looking to pay for or that people already spend money on. Um, and it was what really drove me in those six months of, let's say, not an increase of, of income was just an increase in happiness. Like I was so much happier <laughs> focusing on connecting with people and, you know, delivering value to people than I was focused on like making money because the fun part of making money is just right at that moment when you close the sale or you, um, you know, the money hits your bank account. It's like very, very brief of, uh, an enjoyment level compared to like, when you have a great conversation, that good feeling lasts for, you know, hours afterwards. And you can think back to it and you're like, yeah, my day is going really awesome because of this one great conversation I had. Um, and so that was, I saw immediately much more sustainable in terms of helping me put in the work that I knew was needed to build something new and to build something successful out of it. So just great. I, I, such a great story. So uh, just to go a little bit deeper, like when you, when you had that thought and you started to make that change, what sort of, what steps did you start to take to go out there? And, and like you said, just to forget about uh, chasing money, but to get there and just, um, you know, connect and meet people. What, what steps did you take to make that happen? What, what yeah, you... so I have to give a lot of credit to LinkedIn, the platform, because um, from the moment I hopped on and started posting, I, I guess part of it was driven by curiosity. So when I started posting and people were commenting and responding, I was like, who are these people? And so I would click and look at their profiles and I'd be like, this person's the owner of this interesting company or this person does this really interesting thing and I'd read about their experience. And LinkedIn just has a great platform where you can really kind of dig into your own curiosities about other people see oh they've worked at this place what is that place all about and read their bio and their bio is pretty interesting most of the time um and so then i'd reach out and message them and say hey i think it's really interesting that you do this one thing uh here's what i do thanks for commenting on on my post and from there it was very easy to start conversations and just develop those relationships in a really authentic way based around my own curiosity based around value that they'd already gotten from me because they commented on my post um, or they reached out to connect with me. And I, I've always, again, that curiosity for me has been such a powerful force because when someone reaches out to connect with me, my first thought is, how did you find me? Yeah. Why did you reach out to connect with me? And through that, not only am I able to build relationships, but that's what allowed me to very quickly see, oh, I'm providing value to this type of person or I'm providing out uh, value in this industry or in this specific area and then look for more of that because it was again focusing on man I had a great conversation with this person what other people out are out there who are in this same field or who I could have more great conversations with yeah and we've definitely experienced that now short journey of of meeting people is mm. it's almost like an endorphin rush just having a conversation yes <laughs> that too um I think after having years and years and years of me doing business with, and not to knock stoners, but, you know, mostly selling glass to stoners because we were selling a lot of smoking accessories. Um, those conversations were not the level of conversation I wanted to have, or I was, I was, I had a hole for the conversations around business and creation and 
you know, creativity and ingenuity and innovation that in the glassblowing context, it was mostly people going, oh, I love your artwork. I really appreciate you. Or, hey, we saw this post you did that helped me emotionally. And that's really nice. And that's great. But I wasn't getting that level of creative um, intellectual conversation that it, immediately I was getting on LinkedIn. Wow, cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. So just a, an off an off the cuff type question. What's something interesting about Mayan that that we that we haven't heard about yet that you're willing to share? <laughs> oh man, there's so many little things. I'm definitely uh, a quirky person, and I think that's part of almost what drives me a little bit is knowing that I'm kind of interesting and different, even to my own self. Um, so I guess like, you know, I've, there's a, again, there's a bunch of weird things, but I guess one would be, I love to eat the white part of the orange, like after you eat the fruit and there's like that white part on the peel, for some reason that's delicious to me. <laughs> um, you know, I've got four dogs, which is a pretty interesting thing, two pit bulls, a French bulldog, who is by far the cutest little snort puppy that there is, and then a, a German shepherd mixed mutt. Um, I've been to Israel more than 10 times in my life because I have family that lives over there. Um, so I love to travel from just those early kind of childhood experiences of being in a new country and like what that's like. Um, those are just a couple of things. Wow. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, just to finish off, I've just, I've just yeah, amazing um, insight, uh, Mayan. Um, just just to finish off with, is there anything you would like to share? Like we have an audience here, we got people that are, you know, in that uh, growth phase, I guess that growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset, you know, anything that's important to you, what would you like to share to, to a group of people that would be, you know, wanting to, you know, with that, that, that growth mindset out, uh, outlook? Yeah, so what I really love to share is that anything you learn adds to everything you learn. Meaning, even if you think this thing I'm interested in and want to know more about has nothing to do with my business or has nothing to do with anything I'm doing, there will be things that you learn. And because your mind is something that loves patterns, it loves connections, it loves um, figuring out puzzles, and everyone's mind is this way, whether you think it is or not, um, that it will inevitably bring up new and creative and innovative ideas in the area that you do operate or that you do care about. So there's no time you can ever waste when you're learning, um, especially when it's something that you really care about and are interested in, even if it seems like there's no practical application. You just don't know what the practical application is yet. After you learn it, there will always be some amount of that knowledge that you've learned that does translate into the thing that makes you money or the, the thing that you would call your primary focus. Oh, that's so cool because it, it might even be you learn something now and in two years time, you get the other piece of the puzzle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And the cool thing about our brains, right, is it can store away nuggets of information for a very long time where we seemingly have forgotten that we know that thing. And then right at the opportune moment, that piece of knowledge pops back up and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that I learned about this really strange, obscure thing three yeah. years ago. Um, and it applies so perfectly to this situation right now. So I, I love those types of moments. And I think those are what a lot of times um, allow us to create really unique, um, you know, creative offerings or creative solutions to whatever problems that we're facing. 
and and we all then you know if we took the time and think about just the marvel of the brain how it how it stores information yeah. to recall it's just quite incredible really yeah and that's part of what makes me want to tell people to believe so much in themselves um because what you tell your brain is almost like turning on or off portions of your brain so for example if you tell yourself you're not creative your brain will say okay don't use those parts of my brain we are not creative but if you start thinking i'm a really creative person i come up with awesome solutions your brain goes okay activate the creative part of the brain and it starts to work for you and so whatever you tell yourself that you are you start to become and i think a lot of people say that in a lot of different ways but it it really is because the brain is i think of it right it's like a computer we literally created computers based off how our, our brains work and when you turn off a portion of the computer or you say hey no caps lock the the computer goes okay don't use capital letters and kind of it's the same thing with any part of your brain where you say the the thought is the on and off switch to that button that allows a function to happen or to not happen um, and so it's really cool to see how your brain responds when you tell it it can do something and that's kind of what you know navy seal training is based on to get you to develop that ability to turn your on switch on to say i can do this thing and then all of a sudden you can even if it's incredibly difficult or challenging that's another whole discussion around because we might not have time for this but the whole another discussion around how you developed yourself mm -hmm. to understand all this mm -hmm. like was that through reading through associating with other people no or? that's a great question um mostly through i would say observation of things that i consume whether that's um looking at people's comments on my post whether that's just analyzing other people's videos or it's just kind of being in a constant state of observation and analysis and i think that comes from growing up around scientific parents um, and kind of being, a, again, a very curious person where I always want to know, like, why did this happen? Or why is it this way instead of this other way? And then I also have to say, it's definitely from um, going to a really, really good high school where they taught us, like, I remember the first time in high school, they told us about biases in terms of writing and how every single piece of writing you will ever read has inherent biases in it. And if you can find out and think about what those are, you get a completely different level of information than appears to be in the actual content itself. And so it's, it's really that love of discovering, okay, I just read about this or I just listened to this, but with the information I also know about the person who wrote it, I can garner this whole other layer of information and analysis. Wow. Wow. You're an amazing young lady, Ryan. Oh, thank you. Well, it, it's a pleasure getting to share some of these yeah. insights with other people because I think oftentimes it sparks a thought in their brain and just starts a wheel turning and then they come up with all these amazing ideas I would have never thought of because we all have different experiences that allow us to come up with different ideas. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Ryan. It's been much appreciated having you here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, you guys. Cool. Thank you.